everyone, it is episode 369 of This Is Whole Life, where we go deeper into the messages and the topics that we are discussing at Whole Life Church here in sunny Orlando. Hot, sunny Orlando. Wonderfully warm. That's what I like to say. Wonderfully warm. I just got done freezing to death up in the frigid north. and uh, It didn't feel like... I loved my trip that I went on, but let me tell you, I actually like the heat down here, so I was happy to be back. I love it. Real weather is good weather for me. For the rest of us who were just in North Carolina for a week, we're like, oh, man, could we bring just a little bit of this back with us? Yes, please. And then we well, opened we the door. The rain. And we opened the door halfway back at the gas station and went, oof, there it is, Florida coming north. <laughs> That's what Rochelle said when she came. She's like, oh, wow, I'd forgotten how hot it was. And I'm like, oh, this is wonderful. This is perfect. That's why God created air conditioning. Well, that's true. You don't you just, just stand outside and, and suffer. You come inside where it's cool. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Oh, and do you hear that, guys? I did. It's a new voice, and this is a first-timer. Yes, my first, first time hearing. It doesn't first, feel like it should be a first time, though. It doesn't, though, because when you have a familiar face in the room, it just feels like it's home, right? And you made a big deal about this that this past week. It does feel week. like home. You brought your family. So in case you're wondering who we're talking about, this was episode four, or the fourth installment of our Voices fourth of Whole final. Life. Fourth and final. Mm-hmm. No, don't say Angelo is the cleanup hitter. It's not final yet until we're done with this podcast. Leave me in my little okay. space here just right. a little bit longer. Of importance, right? I'm no, not sure how to feel I'm, about that, Randy, because what you're saying is you're not ready for me to go, go back to me preaching. Is that what I I'm am not ready say? for I'm not ready to go back to anyone's preaching <laughs> outside of the voice. This is, and I will, I have said this every year since uh, I've been doing the podcast. So. Andy and Jeff. Now, normally, I, I would give them the uh, the week or the month or six weeks, however many people we had lined up. I would give them the time off on the podcast. That was their little summer, the little mm. summer break, summer vacation. Ken took care of that for himself this I did, year. <laughs> I did two out of four. Yeah, two out of four. He did pretty good. Yeah. And so this was, and it's, it's Angela, and I cannot. Uh, Consequeo. Consequeo. You, you didn't say it with. I didn't say it with the Brazilian. No, well, say it, not say it, at all, Ken. No, the, not at well, all. Well, that was never going to happen. But <laughs> go ahead and say it with the Brazilian <laughs> say, yeah, for our Brazilian. Well, you said it in the color that you're wearing. It's very gringo. Okay, the way you <laughs> said it. Gringo. Oh, oh, I'm wearing a green shirt for those of you who don't know, but shirt. I, I felt like you were making fun of my pale skin. Is what I felt like you were doing there. So you would say it. Conceição. 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 That's the hardest part, the last part. Conceição. Yeah, that's pretty pretty good. Ooh, not bad for a white guy. You're going to need a different color shirt. Add a little yellow there to that green and yellow, you You know, because that's the the color of Brazil. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, conceição. Angela used to be, and you know, technically, I think once you've been a whole life staff member, always a whole life. You're staff kind of member. always a whole life staff yes. member. So Angela used to be our executive assistant, and this was a little bit before my time as yeah. before I came aboard. And so, but you know, used to see Angela's face would come in to do the podcast, and and um, how long were you here for total? A year. About a year? Yeah, a year and, then and a I little came bit more. And it was like, like she was oh, done. She was like, like, I gotta well, find a yeah. way out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so, welcome, Angela, to the podcast. Thank you. And Angela's message was one that I got a text message from Stanton between first and second service. And if you don't, if you recall, if you were listening last week, you would know that Stanton was here, Stanton Reed, a longtime whole life Great member. Great guy. First Phenomenal time, speaker. First time at the pulpit, I think. He raised the bar like crazy. I was, was like, how am I going to talk That after wasn't him? his first time preaching. No, I don't know. I'm sure it wasn't. No. Maybe. I don't know. Well, it's, okay. It's been. So. I don't think so. It was the first time during. Uh, what I've been here seven maybe, years. Oh, you're during, talking about maybe here. During your reign. At, at, no, no, not preaching total, but oh, okay. here at Whole Life. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, okay, so yeah, I can. Yeah, that may be. Because we, we did have him scheduled to preach and then right. something, I think, uh, loss of a loved one, actually. Yep, mm-hmm. it was. We talked about it on last week's podcast. And then, by the way, if you've missed it, just scroll down one more episode after you're done listening to this one and catch Danton, catch all four. Yeah. Rochelle was amazing. Uh, Pastor Ken's wife, if you haven't heard that episode. Um, Audrey Gregory. Audrey awesome. was amazing. Mm-hmm. And and Stanton, and he texted me and he's like, this is crazy how the Holy Spirit is moving. He's like, every one of these messages were unplanned. Well, they were planned, but they were uncoordinated, I meant. Mm-hmm. So like you guys didn't talk to each other. And he's like, my message, after I heard... Rochelle's and then I heard I was like man mine's gonna really fit in nice he's mm-hmm. like I was feeling like, and he's like and now Angela just t- 
totally put the bookend on this. Mm. And he's like, this four series, this four yeah. set of messages just really work together so well together, even though it just was not, I mean, you hope, but, and they don't necessarily have to work together, but these do. It's amazing how God works, isn't it? I really believe that, that God works through all these things and inspired and when you have speakers. super talented people, it helps. And so here you come, last one in the but mix. Randy, but Randy, I would actually, t- I would say not just not just super talented because they are super talented, but people who are who are connected to Jesus. Mm. And that, that's one of the big things that we think about when we're asking people to speak is we want to we want that we want them to be able to pass on what they're receiving. And I think that you heard that in all of the, the talks is that people just genuinely sharing from where they're at and what they've learned and what what God's saying to them. And so uh, I just really appreciate that. And I thought, Angela, that one of the things that I, I mentioned after you were done on Sabbath to our family was that I just, how much I appreciated just the authenticity and the willingness to be vulnerable. And um, and I think that we appreciate that from, from all the yeah. speakers this year. And Angela, we just appreciate you capping it off. It was it was good. It was hard to get to that point, but the process. Of, so, yeah, the process yeah. of like being able to even mention the fact that I wasn't feeling what I was supposed to be feeling. For me, I thought I was supposed to feel feeling that way, so, you know. So it was it was hard for me to share it. But once I did share it with the two people I mentioned, it was God just telling me that. I'm going to shorten the path to some people if you open your mouth. So, so mm. Angela, just in case there are people who haven't watched the sermon yeah. yet, and we, we definitely want you to go watch it, but you're talking about your, just that you, when you discover that you're expecting your second, yeah. your second child. Yeah. And, and so that was one of the things that I, I wanted, I told Randy, I said, I really want to dig a little bit more into this if Angela's okay with Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Because... Were you going through this while you were working here? I was. Okay, because I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and that, to me, that was just always that reminder that you don't know what's going on exactly. in people's lives that are around you, um, because to me, you're always a very happy, cheerful mm-hmm. person, and it sounds like... Pathologically positive person. Yeah. And it, <laughs> but it sounds to me like, at that point, that's not what was really going on inside your head. Mm-hmm. So, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So... I've always been taught, you know, because I've always tried to be positive because I genuinely believe that in the end it'll work out. Mm -hmm. But sometimes that makes me not want to face things. And then I put on a really beautiful smile Mm -hmm. and I love people. I really do. So people and I cover up the like the hardest things I'm going through. And while I was pregnant, I was working here and I was genuinely happy about this, about working here and being here and sharing life with everyone. But down deep, I didn't I wasn't feeling connected to my pregnancy. And I felt like I was just overdoing everything in my life. So I wouldn't go to that place and, you know see what what was going on that I wasn't connecting so much with. And my doctor, I told her, I was like, she was also one person I opened up to. And I'm like, I just feel like I'm not myself when I like notice I'm really pregnant because I'm not happy about it so much. I'm thankful but I'm not like connected to this. It feels like it's happening, but it's kind of like outside of me, but not like I'm not really connected to it. And she told me that, hey, if you try to like do something bad to yourself, then we're going to have to go into antidepressants because you can't. You, you know, it's, it's, you got to see what's going on. But the, I, I never felt like I wanted to harm myself or anything like that. I mean, I'd be okay to say if I did, honestly, at this point. And the hard moment for me was I felt like two people. You know, mm. I felt like I felt like I was, and it, and they were two a hundred percent genuine people it was just like a like a binary you know moment in my life where I was genuinely happy about 
the moment I was living here at church, but I wasn't able to be extremely happy about my pregnancy the way I wanted to be. So Angela, you you this you know this is your second pregnancy. Yeah. And, and your first pregnancy felt completely different. Absolutely. So that was my parameter. And I felt like I connected with the pregnancy right away. And that's what I was expecting from this mm. pregnancy. Because you'd wanted this pregnancy. So this wasn't, was this something that you, it was, you... It was in the, it was like, it was something I wanted at some point, but I wasn't planning on getting okay. pregnant because I had just started here. <laughs> so I, I had just started here. Like I was working here for a month or less. Okay. And then I just found out I was pregnant. I'm like, this is coming in the way of what I was planning life okay, to so, be. So you it know? was a little bit unexpected in the sense that it you It was had a little. And, well, and, so, yeah. and so then you found yourself. Yeah, I, I found myself not. So the first thought I had when I found out I was pregnant was like, I'm taking away time for my beloved son, Ethan. You, you know? planned on giving him more time yeah. for a little bit longer before yeah. you added another child. Exactly, okay. yeah. And like, how am I going to deal with this? How is this going to go about? And it was nope. even harder for me. It is crazy even to think about it now. And I'm so thankful it was a girl. Um, <laughs> um, it was like when I found out it was a girl, I'm like, oh, I can't believe it's a girl. Mm. You know, because I loved having a boy. I'm like, mm. oh girl not the girl in the house you know <laughs> so that was the that was what i felt it was what came yeah. from my heart and it was scary for me and it me. felt wrong to feel it that right it felt so wrong and i was not able to admit it and i i put on a happy face yeah. about it you know yeah cuz that's i mean i i like i said i exactly. i had no idea that you exactly. when you talked about baby names together i remember, exactly. you remember coming in talking about and you about know that. ken it was so it was hard even for me to decide on a name because of so much this attachment I was going yeah. through. And it was so important for me. And I do I never told you that, but it was so so important for me to to have those suggestions. Cause I was like, I don't know, I don't know how this is I don't know. I just knew I wanted Amy. Yeah. Which what Amy means love, right? Or exactly. I, I mean, beloved. Beloved. Mm, and love, nice. which is this is interesting now because now this is becoming even more interesting because we talked about this beloved joy exactly yeah and yet but that wasn't what you were feeling i wanted i wanted no i didn't want amy i wanted joy yeah and it was what i was wanting at that point interesting you know yeah yeah mm. and i wanted i just wanted i wanted to feel joyous because that's my that's my nature you know yeah. i'm not like a, you know down and no you know i i'm usually very happy and i all you know so that's just my personality so was but this i totally, wanted that was this totally new like in as far as feelings go i mean rochelle talked about the fact that when ken asked was maybe the first person to ask her if she was mad yeah and like she'd not really felt that or realized the the anger at least to the degree she had felt it at the mm -hmm, moment that, mm -hmm. that Ken asked her was this something totally new for you yes so it wasn't something so you were putting all the weight of this on the pregnancy it wasn't yeah. like you had, had another thing to kind no. of balance like oh I felt I this mean, way before everything else was pretty it was everything was fine you know I was happy where I was you know and it was just like it's I just need to feel happy I just don't I don't feel joy, you know? And so what becomes interesting about this, I mean, the whole thing is interesting, but you're um, an incredibly capable human being. Um, you're a fantastic, I mean, I've been blessed to have a lot of really fantastic people that I've worked with through the years um, and executive assistants, administrative assistants, and, you know, you're top shelf. You're top shelf. You're fantastic. Appreciate that, Ken. Thank you. And so... Is I'm listening to your sermon, I'm hearing somebody who I know is top shelf, who I know, uh, I think that one of the incredible things about you is that, um, and one of the things that I value um, when we were working together is that I could I could come to you and say, I've got this idea, mm -hmm. and you'd say, done. And, and, and I didn't like have to go, and, and will you please do this and this and this and this? It was just like, 
Angela, we're going to have a staff retreat. I'd like to kind of have, oh, no, no problem, Ken. I'll, and then you come back to me with everything mapped out. You're, so the point I'm trying to make is you're very, you're very organized. You're very self-sufficient. You know how to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. You know how to take care of the people around you. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm hearing you say in that sermon that really that I was like, oh, I can't wait for podcasts because I want to dig into this so much deeper is something that I really relate to. I mm-hmm. I hear I heard you saying I have always figured out how to fix what's wrong. Exactly. Um, because that's that's my attitude in life. Yeah. It's like whatever life throws me, I will figure it out. Exactly. I will take care of it. Mm-hmm. I will get this figured Resilient, out. Resilient, resistant. And, and, yeah. and I I know I need God. I know that, mm-hmm. but I will figure it out. Exactly. And, and that's that's kind that's- of that's it you know and i was just not being able to figure out on my own and Mm. that's where the topic of the sermon came about when being sufficient isn't enough Mm. because i was genuinely sufficient you know i would get things taken care of you know and but it wasn't enough i was not feeling the joy were you surprised when you looked up the definition of sufficient i was so surprised because when you read the definition of sufficient I in your was. message and all of the different pieces in other words, I'm like, oh, well, that, oh, that's good. And all these different pieces into what Ken just said, mm-hmm. where I'm, that's kind of the, I'm the mm-hmm. same way. Very yeah. early on, my parents were just like, look, not that they didn't provide any guidance or counsel, but like, you know, if you want money, guess what? Go get a job. Exactly. Figure it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you want to drive a car, you're going to have to, you know, pay for the gas. You're going to, mm-hmm. how you do it? You got to go get a job. You know, figure it out. And so in much the same way, I feel like that's efficiency. Mm-hmm. And yet there's been other parts. And I, I would, I, your message made me tear up a little bit. Mm-hmm. On Sabbath morning, I was in my office. I was glad I was by myself. Um, but feeling the same way that I imagined what you felt mm-hmm. when when we found out we were pregnant with Emily. Mm-hmm. And it's just a it's nothing that you can prepare for. And it was something where I really did it. You just don't feel sufficient because now I don't know what to do. Exactly. I've never been in this position before. And so immediately my heart went out to you in in trying to but yet the realization of how good it is when God shows you through this, what did, what did you feel? How do you, when you look back on it now, how do you feel and how do you feel it has strengthened you moving forward? Because you like you, we've already determined that you were already very sufficient to begin with. H- how has that increased or decreased or made you better or how how has that worked in your life now that you've got this yeah n- new idea? So because I've always had to be you know sufficient you know coming from a background where I didn't fit in quite well when I was a teenager, you know, because I came here and I was 12 years old to the U.S. I am from Brazil, born in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. I thought that up to that point that all the good things that I accomplished, not realizing it or realizing it or not, I thought it was like the result of what I did it was my input in all the different areas in my mm. life I didn't realize it was that but then what this situation taught me the most is that everything that is good perfect and my favorite um, Bible verse is um, Philippians 4 8 and God taught me that I do the work I do the I am the one who does the good work in you I being God or mm. I being you? No, I being God. Yeah, God okay. telling me. Yeah. Mm. yeah, thank you, Ken. I'm the one that generates all the good things in your life. And you have got to know this because you're thinking that maybe you are doing it on your own. <laughs> and I am the one behind it. I just don't, tr- I don't show off well, that I-, I am the one doing it. I, it's just... You just, it, ev- what I learned from this situation is that, okay, yes, you are resilient. Yes, this happened. Yes, you are strong. You're capable. Yes, you're all of that. You're a good mom. Yes. But it is my work being done in you that you're able to be all those mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. And I will, and when I 
realized that I was not able to produce the happiness of being a mom with that pregnancy on my own, I realized who the real source of everything that is good in my life is. Even though I was never, you know, I'm not like, like proud, you know, like I'm like, I'm I can do this and I can do that. I'd rather not do that. But like down deep, it was actually what I had in my heart, you know, and it was I feel like that's what God wanted me to learn from it through the process. He's the one that does everything that's good and perfect. None of us. Is. How, how did God show up for you, though? In, in your, before maybe the realization sunk in that this yeah. was a, a learning experience or this was a, a check, a self-check mm-hmm. of yeah. what you just talked about. How did God show up and say, when, when make I, it better? Yeah, when I tried all the resources I had, my positiveness, <laughs> my husband telling me, oh, everything's going to work and I didn't believe him, my me talking to my mom and I'm like, I'm still not happy, me being at a great place to work and I'm still not happy with this that I'm feeling, you know, when all the resources that I thought were like my rock didn't, weren't enough. When all my like sufficiency, all the places I looked for, you know, forward to getting, you know, approval or, you know, all of that, it did not bring me joy. It was only when I was like, God, just generate whatever, create in me whatever you want me and I should feel because I don't even know anymore what I should be feeling. And it was when I gave it to him. You know, I'm like, God, help me with this relationship. God, help me build this relationship. And it was after Amy was born. Mm. It was not through pregnancy. It was after I saw her. It was through the first month. And that is one of the reasons why I had to be at home, too. I needed the time because I was also... um, I'm also a teacher. So I was teaching, you know, at night when I got home and and it was just too busy. It was just too much for me to handle. I had to give me more time, you know, with her and build that relationship. And it was so hard because, boy, I loved working here. Mm. My last day, I was like, I can't believe I'm leaving. I (laughs) loved it. And that's why it was so hard for me to leave. You know, it was like so hard for me to leave because I had to give up something I really wanted for something else, for God to work in me. So I needed that time. You didn't, I mean, you didn't really want it as much as you wanted what you wanted. That's crazy. Yeah. And then she she did go to the, you know, she does go to the daycare, but I just needed that. I just needed less in my head, you know, mm. so I could work on it. And it was just God telling me, you know, I, I'll take care of you on this side. OK, we're, we're going to work with your business We're you're going to it's going to be OK. I'll take care of your family because it was a it was a, <laughs> a brave step to take, you know, financially, too. Sure. Yeah. But uh, it was like, I will take care of that. But you need this. You're asking me to do this. So you got to do this too you know so yeah it was that was i clear oh, i don't know no that was, was that no, did i answer your question you did absolutely because <laughs> we can go around <laughs> angela i appreciate your vulnerability in talking about this experience mm-hmm. because what you're describing having difficulty bonding with a second child mm-hmm. you know or a third child or or even a first child is not something that's that's terribly uncommon mm-hmm. i think there are a lot of a lot of parents who have difficulty bonding with with a child and and there is an expectation that we have you know no one loves you like your mother mm-hmm. you know and then the, of course the terrible saying that's a face only a mother could love indicating that there is something in a mother that is a, that is love for a child that is the ultimate and if you are not feeling that mm-hmm. you know if that's not coming through then you feel it you know it, it feels like a failure like exactly. you, you've done something I felt what, guilty what oh. is broken in me that I cannot conjure this up and um, you and I talked about this a little bit, but just postpartum depression mm-hmm. is is a thing. It is. It's real. 
and there's help for it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, I mean, obviously for you, it was, it was a spiritual process talking, talking with God, but you also mentioned talking with your doctor mm-hmm. and, you know, having a, a support people around you to help you through. And I'm really glad that you were able to take that time and bond with your daughter and, and build that relationship because it sounds like it blossomed into something really oh, it's... special. I don't, I don't even have words to describe it. It's like I am so thankful to God for Amy. She saves me in so many different other ways. Like this weekend, you know, just the fact that you have, or for me as a woman, you have a little girl that's looking up to you. I'm an influencer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? yes, yes, Not you a million are. people influencer, but I am an influencer. I influence her, you know, and I do Ethan too, but I influence her as a, a woman that she will yeah. be. And I it dare po- say she influences you back. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> she's an influencer too. She is. <laughs> and it just puts me in a position, you know, to look into myself and see what really is going on. Because sometimes like, I wouldn't look into these places on my own. I don't, I, because I love her so much, I'm willing to go places I never wanted to look at before. You know, um, so that's that's what love is to me now with Amy. I'm I'm willing to go into like places. Nothing else <laughs> would take me, you know, so it was when I say that Amy came to save me from too much of me. It is that. Because I had to be too much of me because I couldn't count on so many other things, you know, while I was growing up. And I was looking too much on me, you know. It's the truth. (laughs) But you the thing that that struck me as well was that God asked you to give up something that was good. Mm -hmm. I mean, most people would say, well, if you're working at a church and it's, you know, it's, it's, it wasn't like he was asking you to give up, you know, a job that you hated or a job mm-hmm. that, you know, didn't um, maybe wasn't the best. And maybe it wasn't the best for you, even as, even though it was good. I mean, who knows what, what, what God's plan is in total. That's one thing I've learned mm-hmm. uh, probably the same as you is that influencer part that you once you get past it and realize it was somehow God's plan, even though I don't understand it and you give up other things. For something that you were like, I would never, ever have chosen this in my life. And then, but the benefits that you that you yourself get or your family gets, but that sometimes it requires us to give up things that we think are really, really good. It did like, there's no monster in the room. Exactly. So what do I choose? And that to me is the hard part because then it's not like you're, you're, it's not even a scale. It just seems like it's all even like, why yeah. would I have to give this up? And that's the part that I think we get stuck on when God asks us to do things that don't make sense mm-hmm. to us because it doesn't. And it just seems like, well, man, all this is really good. Why would I have to make a choice? Yeah. When did you, when, when, you know, if you look at back at it now, was there a point where you were just like, whew, a, a relief that maybe this, maybe you, you understood or you found out like, this is really what that God did all this just to get me to be this person. Mm-hmm. Are you happy with this person now that, you know, that, and was it worth the, you know, cause we always hate it when we're in the hard part, but then yeah. when you get, kind of get past it and go, wow, God's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I didn't realize that it was actually this self-sufficiency. And the problem with um, self-sufficient people is that they don't realize <laughs> that they are. What? doing that you know martha like you know the example i no, gave in the good, sermon martha peter they really thought yeah they were going to show up okay they really thought that and it was one point where my husband wagner was telling me he's like have you noticed that um you're too self-sufficient even with your friendships mm-hmm. like you don't like go too deep into your relationships because you think you're enough he told me that And it was like, oh, my word, it is so true. And it is so crazy when you try to, (laughs) you know, be a good kid since you're like, since you know yourself as a person and you're like coming to the realization that you, man, I wouldn't want a friend like me if I, you know, I don't, 
give too much attention to my friendships, you know? It was like, uh, why? <laughs> you know, I think it's it's a I think it's a cultural thing too because just like with the mother's love, we yeah. there are these cultural expectations I think in our society self-sovereignty is a huge value for us. Mm-hmm. You know, you work hard. You know, Randy, like your dad was saying, oh, you know, you want this, work hard for it and you'll get it. You know, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Even if you don't have boots, pull <laughs> yeah. yourself up by the bootstraps. Do it anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think that, that that also makes it difficult in our society, even in terms of how we value people who have disabilities or, have, or you know, people who there's an expectation of how you should contribute to society. Yeah. And, and there's, there's not really in our, in our society, there's not really that, that sort of nurturing, if you're breathing, you're worthy. You know, if you're here, you're worthy. There's nothing. And, and, and in terms of, of a relationship with God and how God created you and who you are, you know, there, there's always this, I have to be something. Mm-hmm. I have to do something. Yeah. And sometimes you need to be able to rest in your insufficiency and rest in your dependency. Exactly. And realize that it's okay. It's okay to be there. Exactly. That's such an interesting point because that is such a biblical concept. Self self sufficient self sufficiency in the Bible is not usually considered a positive. Basically, Christ sufficiency is what, as Christians, we believe is what's most important. And yet, it is an interesting thing that I think it is cultural, and and it's easy to sit here and say, well. I know I I know I'm a very self-sufficient person and I grew up here in the United States and Angela you you're you're a very self-sufficient person you're born in Brazil you immigrate but I think I think a lot of it may come from as I was kind of pondering the cultural aspect I think a lot of it must come from that immigrant mentality that the, yeah. the United States is made up of a lot I mean most of us are immigrants here it may be many generations back, but um, Still, but yeah. that and it is that kind of that immigrant mentality where you show up somewhere where you got you got to you better figure it out because nobody else is going to try to help you mm-hmm. out. And a lot of times, people are trying to hold you down mm-hmm. um, and and keep you from it. Whether that whether you are you know whether you're it's the Irish or the Italians or the Brazilians or the the Chinese or or the Japanese or. All the various groups that have immigrated here have generally been held down by one group or another that has already established themselves, and and so you kind of have to fight your way, fight to, your way and, up, and, yeah. and, and claw for for what you need, mm-hmm. and it's kind of made the United States kind of scrappy that way. And so I think that is kind of as we're coming up on Fourth of July, something to think about a little bit is that we we really do in this country celebrate people who pull themselves up by their own bootstraps. Mm-hmm. You know, the people who. Who have fought that, and I don't know that that's all bad. I think, in fact, there's there's a lot of positives to to not saying, "Well, I can't do it." <laughs> um, I think that there's a lot of positives to that, but I do think that it becomes really problematic in my own life where it keeps me from asking for help mm-hmm. and, and admitting that I've got a problem. Uh, I, I remember in the first pastoral district that I was in, it would you know taking a super long story, making it shorter. I, I just got to a point where I was overwhelmed because both churches were big enough and the, the problems were, were so big that I, I, with so many people that I, I just couldn't keep up with all of it. Um, and Rochelle said, well, you need to write to your, you need, you need to talk to your boss, the ministerial director and, and, and tell them that you're <laughs> on the edge of losing your sanity. And I said, no, I, I don't want to admit that I can't mm-hmm. do this. I can do it. She's like, you're, you're killing yourself and you're, I mean, maybe you can do it, but what's it going to cost your family? What's it going to cost? And, and I think probably one of the hardest emails I've ever sent in my life was writing this email saying, I I can't do this. I I can't figure out how to keep doing both these churches with the way things are at this moment. And, um, and what has always blown me away is every time I've, I've done that and I've thought, man, people are going to think I'm so weak and they're, they're going to... You know, I got this beautiful email back from my boss who said, "Hey, you do have some issues going on. There. I'm so glad you let me know. Let's let's talk about how we can work on this together." And they came up with a great plan that was very helpful in yeah. the long run. But if I'd never asked for it, I never would have got it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so self self sufficiency often is not enough. Um, you've got you've got to get help from other people. You've got to get help from from God. You've got to recognize. You know, that was one of the other things that 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 I recognize. And I keep wondering why I keep having to relearn this 
lesson over and over, but I remember when you work in radio or or television, the reason you have a job is because people watch or listen. Why do people like to listen to some people and not like to listen to other people? Why do they like to watch certain things and not? I, I, I and I, I could never, for some reason, people would always watch when I was doing the news and ratings would go up and things would be good. And I, I don't know why I couldn't quantify that. And so for me, I've always just had to feel like that was just, that had to have been something for me that, that God had something to do with because I can't control that. I guess there's certain things you can do to be more likable or not, but I don't know. I just, it's one of those things where you just think self-sufficiency isn't enough. There's, there, there are intangibles out there that in a moment, everything can change and you can't now take care of yourself the way that you thought you were. Well, well, I'm a really good writer and I've worked hard on my presentation. Well, all of a sudden you see it all the time. People turn on this public figure, that public figure, and they no longer have a platform anymore. They don't have a job. And so I think really taking them, that's what really appealed to me about your topic and what you were talking about, Angela, is that I thought it was a good capstone to the whole mm. conversation yeah. that we've had over the last month in the sense that a lot of us struggle with either not asking for help or feeling bad about ourselves because we recognize that we're not doing what we ought to and we don't know how to, to say it out loud. And we feel like a failure when mm-hmm. we can't do what we quote unquote know we should be doing. Or feeling, so, or feeling, and that's and that's that one really hit me too, uh, Angela. For you, is there that was that we we're told that we have to feel certain things, right? Yeah. So we, I I should feel sad at this time. I should mm-hmm. feel happy at this time. I should feel in love at this time. I should have. We're told these feelings, and then when we don't feel them, we're like, "What's wrong? What's wrong with me?" And the further I'm going, the more I'm having to wrestle with the fact is that I feel how I feel. Mm-hmm. And that's, if I'm going to be authentic and awesome, I have to be, I have to own, this is how I feel. Mm-hmm. And you can judge me for it, but it's how I feel. Yeah. And if I'm going to work my way through it, I've got to say, this is how I'm feeling. And then really ask myself, why am I feeling that? Mm-hmm. What What is it that's causing me to feel that? And um, i read a book of maybe a year ago that was talking about emotions at work and um, it was talking about how most employers only want their employees to show up with two emotions and that's happiness and uh, and that yeah okay one and and so if if, a, if an employee is irritable or angry or jealous we tell them you shouldn't be feeling that just be happy and have a good attitude. And this per this author was making the argument that all those emotions are actually very important. And if you have an employee that's feeling angry rather than telling them you shouldn't feel angry, why are you feeling angry? There's usually a reason that we feel what we feel. There was a reason why you were feeling what mm-hmm. you felt in your pregnancy. And it wasn't right or wrong. Exactly. It was just what it was. And for you to be able to dig into that, you had to admit, I'm not happy. I feel down. I feel upset. Well, and the more you try to cover it up, the less you're actually able to mm-hmm. heal what's going on, and and sometimes just embrace the fact that this is how I feel. Yeah, and that's okay. And um, I think the the you mentioned that it, it's very interesting because I felt that having this happy personality was a reason why I was loved. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. You get it now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So not not feeling like I was loved was the issue for me. Mm. And I did not want Amy to feel that way. Mm. And that's why it was so hard for me to not feel the love. I'm like, I'm not going to make this girl go through this. Mm. And that was a point in my life where I was like, your worth is not in that. Ange, when I, because that's how I feel God talks to me. He he calls me Ange, you know. <laughs> um, 
that's not where your worth is, you know? It's not the fact that you make people happy, that you're capable, that you do things to people, you know? That's my love language. My love language mm. is act of service, okay? And um, I feel like, how am I going to service this girl if I don't feel love for her at this pregnancy? How is this going to be about, you know? And it was God telling me too, your sense of worth is not the adjectives people give you, okay? It is because I wonderfully made you. It's because it goes back to, you know, sense of worth you mentioned too, Melanie. It was, it was that too. It was God telling me that love is not because you do anything. It's not because you are anything, because you show anything. But that was where my sense of worth was because that's what brought smiles, you know, to my family. You know, it was what brought, and I just came off the mic. I'm sorry. No, you're great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was where I saw that love that's how I felt loved, you know, and the reason why I tell I told that in the pulpit is that whole life church will never understand how much they played. The staff will never understand how much they played a part in God telling me that message specifically is that your worth is not because you do these things. It was because in that staff meeting, I was able to open up about something very particular of me and can opening himself up to to, you know, something that was very particular to him. I'm like, and then I realized it was God starting the sentence. I love you not because you you are anything or because you did not do anything or because you're not feeling anything or you are feeling this or there is no reasoning to my love. I love you because <laughs> I am love. That's what I know. That's that's my essence, you know, and it was it was that, too, you know, that realization that my sense of worth is not in anything I'm able to do or not do feel or not feel. Well, it, it's hard too because once you, even in a family setting, yeah. once you have an expectation of who you are within the family hierarchy, oh, well, you're the person that makes everybody feel good mm -hmm. and makes them smile. Exactly. You know, you're the person that you know throws down the law when it needs to be done. So that's what you know. You're the person that you know is the breadwinner. Yeah. You're the person that does this, and we all have these little titles that we give each other. But over time, we all change. Mm -hmm. If we haven't changed, we haven't grown. And if you're not allowing or someone's not allowing you to move on from your position, even though that probably Angela is still the person that makes people smile. She's still the, you know, the person that gives the warm and fuzzies to people mm -hmm. in the family. It doesn't, you know, like they have to realize that you have to be allowed to grow and to, and to maneuver through those. But that's also hard from the other perspective because. Well, I don't know what to do for you. Exactly. Or yeah. how do I do I stay out of the way? Do I offer advice? Do I walk? How do I walk alongside you when I don't know? Just like you don't know what's this other piece that's being you know slowly revealed or peeled away like the onion, and I think that's where a lot of relationships have that same problem of how do how do we navigate where we are if we don't really see or if one of us that's changed don't doesn't even know we've changed we know there's something wrong but we don't know we don't know what it is mm -hmm. how did you how did i mean i think that's a piece that we can if there's a if there was something that was specific or you know how did you how do you feel you made it through that that process did i mean i'm sure wagner wagner's awesome so i'm sure he, he was right really there is. right there with you was it just being just being persistent listening how did it help you as it was just like listening to what was going on? You know, it was just like being open to listening to what God wanted to teach me, you know, and it was like accepting the fact that it's OK to feel that way. And um, Wagner was very helpful because even when I'm, you know, just stressed out, he just keeps his school. He's just a very. He always seems just chill. He's just and cool. chill. <laughs> the ultimate bass player. Mm -hmm. Well, there's he that too. So chill. I've, I've never seen. I mean, he's, he's just. I'm telling you, I don't know how he does it. And he's like, 
everything, you know, it's, it's okay. It's okay to feel that way, you know? And I felt that was God telling me in all the different areas in my life at work, you know, it's okay if you're vulnerable, you know, I was very vulnerable to out before I would not open up the way I did. Okay. In the pulpit. But it was like, it's okay to be vulnerable. People, the right people will love you the way I want them to love you. Okay. And it's okay if you don't live up to the expectations, you know. That's a tough one. It's okay. Mm. Okay. Your sense of worth is not there. And it was just accepting that. And it was God telling me in all the different areas of my life that you do not need that much acceptance. But it's not like people were not accepting me. It was just me thinking that yeah. would happen, you know. And um, it was it was a real it was a process. So it, there was there wasn't really an aha moment. It was just me, you know, slowly understanding that and mm. um, accepting the fact that, you know, he's he's going to do, you know, if whatever we need or not to, feel, you know, it's just 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 give yourself, you know, to the process of mm. me taking care of you. Well, I mean, after you survived the great rubber band incident. <laughs> and I, that's, oh, oh my God. Yeah. Let know, me, I was just thinking. Yeah. That, what, what, and what let could... me mention that too. That's a good one. I wanted to point out the feeling of letting, I think it was, that's why I even mentioned it, you know, in the sermon is that it was the moment where I let people down when I, well, let me go a little deeper into it. Okay. 12 years old, seventh grade. I the the school was Boca Raton Middle School, mm-hmm. seventh grade. And um ESOL class, you know, my peers were all immigrants. Uh, my mom always had, you know, she would always tell me that you cannot get a detention because, you know, immigration will look at us. And we were undocumented. And uh immigration will look at us and then we're gonna go back to Brazil and, you know, but no pressure. No pressure, of yeah, course. No, you know, course. I mean, you're 12 years old. You don't do anything ever wrong, you know. And I was, and then everybody was just playing around. You know, the teacher le- had left the room, and then like my friend, I'm not gonna say any nationalities, okay? Because I did not want to go into nationalities, Ken. And uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. <laughs> Why am I getting caught out? <laughs> uh, Eventually, we're going to launch a pre-show that you guys can be a part of, but not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Wait until there's a new senior yeah. pastor. <laughs> so uh, my friend, you know, a, a guy friend, you know, another student, and he would just got a rubber band and he would you know, just like fold the paper and it would just throw at people. And it's it. Oh, I know. Exactly. So we used to do fun. that all the time. Oh, yeah. It looked so much the zingers, fun. Right? Yeah. And here, you know, I thought it was a little, I thought it was boring. I never did anything fun, you know, because I had to follow the world. It's boring. Um, so <laughs> so um, I'm like, you know, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try it. And then I get one rubber band and one piece of folded paper. And then I just get it and I just, bam, the teacher. And then I just, you know, Sure. You don't really know how to do bad things, you know, if you're not, if you don't practice it a lot when you're 12. <laughs> so, uh, so, so for all those 12 year olds out there listening right now. Oh, and then I, I get the rubber band and I just, bam, you know, throw it at the door. Long and behold, the teacher, it was like a slow motion moment. <laughs> oh, it's, I'm just <laughs> like, oh, no. It goes straight into her face. Oh, no. And then she has those eyes, you know, and she looks at me, not you, Ange, not Not you. you. (laughs) And then it was in that moment where I felt like I never want to disappoint anyone ever in my life. You know, I just disappointed. They are going to call immigration right here. Tomorrow we're going back to Brazil. And I felt like, you know, all the disappointments from my parents and like, 
you know, it was just you felt it real. I felt it real. Yeah, yeah. very intense, you know, and it's sometimes we we don't realize like kids if they're crying sometimes it's like it comes from down deep in their soul sometimes it's just a tantrum but no other times it's you gotta ask you know that's one thing i learned what's going on how are you feeling why is this bothering you so much where is that cry coming from you don't cry this way often you know yeah. one thing i learned with my kids is to ask questions you know and um when i felt the way i felt in the pregnancy, if it felt like I was disappointing myself, mm. you know, like I was proud to be a really great mom, a loving, great mom clicked, you know, right there and then with with my first pregnancy. And it felt the same way. You know, I went back to Ange, the 12 year old, the disappointed and, Isn't it weird how we connect some oh, of those things sometimes? And, and it, 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 how how it happens, yeah, I don't know. And, and, and like when that point, when I was 12 years old, I didn't hear that, hey, you know, we make mistakes. It's all right. I love you. It's okay. You know, you make mistakes. It was just like you're the reason to blame. Okay. For us going back to Brazil. <laughs> so I feel like it, it was it was very traumatic, you know, and it it felt that way. I'm like, oh, my goodness, this girl will go through a hard life because her mom will not be able to love her. And I felt like it was not going to be generated. It was not I was not going to feel it because I wasn't feeling it. And I thought I, alone I'd be able to make that happen. And that's when, again, we go back to, you know, being able to generate the really, you know, good things is the work of God, it was the work of God in my life. You know, it was him telling me that again, you know, and that because you are not the one to create all these good things. OK. Sometimes you were not going to feel it and it's OK because you're a human being. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to be perfect. You don't know, you know. So, um, yeah, it was a little bit. Well, I'm thankful that you um, found people to talk to. And mm -hmm. I thought it was really something that I also wanted to to make sure that we talked about on the podcast, at least briefly, was Stephen ministers here at the church mm -hmm. that are trained to listen and to let you kind of work through these things. And my wife was uh, one when the we first started here. And, and I noticed in her just an ability to listen that she hadn't had before and, and what a blessing it is for people who have you know, used that program to, you know, live, help themselves in, in uh, you know, allow themselves to be helped. And it's something that we provide here at the church. And so you can send an email to Stephen Ministries Absolutely, at yeah. wholelife.church and you can, you know, get some help if, if that's just someone to talk to yeah. and someone to listen, because it sounds like that was this, the beginning part of you know, God working this all out yeah, for you. Yeah. One day I was like here, I already had Amy and I was just, you know, doing my things, you know, going about. And then Carla, you know, Carla, I think she's okay to, if I, I already said her name. Um, <laughs> You're in now, Carla. Are you okay, Carla? <laughs> sure she is. Um, and I was just talking to her and then she looked at me and she asked me, how are you doing, Ange? How are you doing, you know, in this transition? You know, and I just open up like, oh, my God, somebody's asking me somebody at somehow, you know, I don't know how, she, why, she, you know, she was just and people would ask me, how are you doing? You know, how are you feeling? But I felt like she like she looked like right in and I knew other people really intentionally did want to sure. know how I was feeling. It was just I wasn't ready to open, you know, up. And then, and then I tell her, oh, it's been, it's been hard. It's been hard, you know? And, um, and I just, I was just like, <laughs> I was a mess at that table. I'm like, I'm not going to ever stop crying. I'm never going to stop crying. It has started. Uh, <laughs> and she just looked at me and she's like, that is so deep, Angela. It's so important that so I'm sure so many people go through this and they don't open up, you know, and they don't just they just, they just think there's something wrong and there's nothing wrong. She would tell me, you know, there's nothing wrong with what you're feeling. And it was just me and like it connected me when you said Stephen ministry, because that was what she did to me over yeah, there, you great. know. 
That's great. Sometimes it only takes just telling someone that you trust and like, yeah. you know, that you are comfortable sharing this with, you yeah. know? And um, it was at that moment where I'm like, you know, I, I make sense that, you know, the, they, they all connect now. It's, I, it's okay yeah. to feel this way, you know? Well, and I think yeah. that after hearing your story, I want to get to, we did have a comment from the chat. It was from Anonymous and they said, thank you, Angela, for your words today. We sometimes define ourselves by our title, like mom, yeah. dad, CEO, pastor, etc. And we forget we are children of God first. And if we partner with him, we are sufficient enough. And so exactly, I, I don't think there's, I mean, this is a, a vulnerability, just like someone talking to you or you, you know, them, Carla asking you like, is it okay? And you feeling, you know, okay to answer. And I felt like on Sabbath, there was such a rawness to what you were talking about <laughs> that people were like, oh, I'm not putting my name down to ask a question because I, you know, I don't want to yeah. also, I don't want to see, you know, maybe say the wrong thing, but I think it's, it, it's, it, it's hard. It it's, just felt like there was a silence, an unsaid, an unsaid yeah. silence in the room that a lot of people were in their own little areas mm -hmm. going, yeah, this is probably something I need to to mm -hmm. think about or I need to talk to someone about. And so we would just encourage, I mean, I would just encourage someone if you're here and you're local, you know, please do reach out to the Stephen Ministers team here. There's a, a, a bunch of really, really great people that, you know, that's, they're waiting for someone to come that needs their help. That's what they've been trained yeah. to do. And it's confidential and it's um, that I just personally know people who have later come and said how blessed they've been from it. So yeah, and take I, advantage. I made a point to mention to people, and and I'm okay to compliment. You know, if it's yeah. if it's true, and I made a point to tell everyone that you guys be thankful <laughs> to the church we're in because it is very rare to have people you know that are genuinely mm. willing to listen and accept accept you by who you are yeah it was what i looked for yeah you know no it, it's true and it's and it sometimes you gotta say it out loud from a different voice <laughs> you know that is not the pastor because yeah. the pastor, they, they would think, you know, maybe that's what he's supposed, he's to, supposed say. to say. Yeah. He's supposed to say that, you <laughs> like, know. Ken doesn't always he's, say what he's supposed to no, say. You know, we're, they're supposed to be nice. That's fair. <laughs> you know, they're supposed to be saying that. Sure. But is it truly what happens, you know, behind? <laughs> well, and as a staff member, I could, I'll just say that I appreciated your shout out. Yes, as, as sure. a staff, that just uh, that was very meaningful to us, too. Cause yep. Yeah. And, and people need to know it. We cannot take this for granted. Okay, people. so uh, okay, Angela, <laughs> we cannot. Did, did you it send, is. Did you send your Venmo over to me earlier before that? <laughs> I have not, but I I, I got the we'll, text. We'll take, okay, we'll I'll, I'll send it over. Make sure it's taking yeah. your Venmo. Yeah, well, don't, forget, don't forget. Don't forget. <laughs> and um, and it is true. You know, sometimes when you work, you know, for any anywhere, you know, not not just church, you don't want to see people when during <laughs> oh, the weekend. Wow. You're like you're at the mall, and you're like, oh. <laughs> duck Just, yeah, yeah. we've all been there um, but no that's not how <laughs> I, mean, well, Randy. I mean I mean speaking for me I uh, yeah mean, I'm talking know. about me I don't know the other staff <laughs> members okay well I can tell you one of the things I was taught uh, I went and did an interview with somebody famous and came back and was like man that is so disappointing what a jerk and yeah. my boss is like, yeah, never interview your heroes <laughs> <laughs> she bad. said yeah, it's, you'll, it is so and so you know it's one of those things where you you, when you like some, you just hope that they are who you think they are. Mm -hmm. And so, Angela, thank you for, yeah. you know, thanks for that, the words of affirmation because yeah. we, we really want to be who we say we are. Mm -hmm. We want, you know, I love the fact that you, you know, it's, you know, that was the other thing you learn is don't, don't, don't ever work at a restaurant that you want to eat at there yeah. that you really love because, <laughs> you know, when you see how the food is made, you may not want to work there again yeah. or eat there again. <laughs> um, and so for me, it was really meaningful that you were at a place where you enjoyed the food and you enjoyed seeing how it was made too. Yeah. yeah. So 
Yeah. That, well, I, that, that was meaningful. And just thank you overall for your message. It, it couldn't have bookended this whole series better. And to have, you know, to have one of our own uh, to finish everything up was really meaningful. And um, I just would encourage anyone listening that if you missed the message, you can swipe up in today's show notes. You can catch Speaking of Grace, our sister podcast. The link is right there and you'll be able to catch Angela's message. If you go to wholelife.church, you'll see it right there on the front page up until next week when that will be replaced, unfortunately, but you can always go back in the archives. <laughs> It'll be replaced with a new series That's right. and it's the Chosen series mm-hmm. and it's episode one, right? I have called you by name. Uh, that's the one. That's what I've heard. Okay. Yep, season one, episode and one. Everybody should show up at 7 p.m. Room 305, Whole Life mm. Church, On to Friday watch night. that first episode. If you're mm. like me and you've watched it four or five or six or seven times before, it's still good. That's okay. Watch it with friends. It's it's you always see things differently when you're seeing next to your mm-hmm. your family. So. And if you're new here, room 305 is on third floor. Yep, just take the elevator to the third floor, um, or take the stairs. Oh, you or, were gone. You don't even. Know, you don't even know. With the elevator out. Yeah, I was with me in it. <laughs> oh, I got trapped in the elevator for like 45 minutes. They had to call nah. a tech to boy, come the get thing, me out. Boy, the things you'll do to ha- to get out of having to. No, uh, I felt guilty. I actually got my laptop out, and I'm like, I wonder if there's enough Wi-Fi in here. <laughs> I feel like I should be working. Wow, Randy, and, that's uh, yeah. I you're did. motivated to get your steps right. in now, aren't well, you? Yeah, yeah. No, I've been taking the, I've been taking the stairs. I mean, just word of warning, it works most of the time, so <laughs> I wouldn't really worry wow. about it. And there will be someone here that knows how to open the door. So wow, that's a big problem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so okay. you know, it's uh, technology works. And it's great when it works, right? But three oh five, yeah. This uh, okay. uh, is Friday night, and every Friday night for the next what six, seven, eight weeks? I can't yeah. remember. Yeah, two like, months. Two months. July, July, and August. It's wonderful. I can't so, wait. Friday night hangout. I'm already, I'm already hoping my my episode made it into the final cut. Which one is yours? Number two, uh, season three, number two. Is that the? Um, um, Oh, and when I just watched it on Friday night again. Is that the healing one where where uh, little little James? little James asked why he wasn't yeah. healed? Is that did that make the cut? It made the cut. <laughs> and I want you to know something too that if, for those of you who <clears throat> for those of you who aren't familiar with the chosen, it's the the first uh, TV series on the life of Jesus, and it's they're I think they're taking seven seasons to do it. So far, we're on they've gone through three seasons. Our staff picked out their favorites. And then I might have put my thumb on the scale a little bit here and there. Maybe. Um, and But what we did is we really stuck mostly to season one and two. And we only have one episode from season three, which is yours, Randy. <laughs> and I was kind of happy to keep it that way because I think that there are some people who might not have made it through season three. So it gives them a chance to get caught up. Get caught up. But uh, most of the episodes come from season one and two. Mm. And the sermons will be based off of the uh but they might not necessarily go in the same direction. same direction and everything. So it's we just basically take the the starting point of that particular episode and like this particular week, um, the the scripture is Isaiah forty three one, which is what the episode one really kind of begins and ends with, um, which is basically God says, "Oh Jacob, uh, but now oh Jacob, uh, the one who created you here." O oh, Jacob, the one who formed you, uh, fear not, for I am with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you go, th- and then verse two and three talks when you go through the waters, I'll be with you, and you go through the fire. And just a quick little preview: water and fire, purifying agents. So mm-hmm. anyway, um, so go. so basically, I'll be talking about that text. Will be the main focus of the sermon, but we'll also kind of talk about it in the context of Mary Magdalene who's portrayed in that first episode and, and what she goes through. And it's an interesting thing that the chosen are not perfect when they're called. Hmm. Feels like a continuation. We try to do that. We yeah. try to do that. So. It's like anyway. there's planning or something. That right? Ah. Yeah. Anyway. Well, you're Someone not... is planning all this. You know. <laughs> so you're not going to want to miss it. We'll be back next week as always. And hopefully Jeff will be able to join us next week and we'll be back on track. But one more thank you, Angela. Thank you so much uh, for yeah, wrapping this you. all up. And man, thank you for wait having whole... me. Love you guys. We got to wait a whole nother year before we have our next voices of whole life. Uh, but I'm already thinking about speakers. Are you? Really? Melanie and I are already thinking about Ooh, it. Ooh, I can't wait sweet. to find out the list. Watch thoughts. out. 
And if you get a text, it's not to the wrong person. Oh. <laughs> or if it was, maybe God wanted it to oh, be that maybe. way. Right. That's but in true. Angela's case, yes, it, it was went you. where it was Ken, intended. I'm telling you, Ken. I'm like, Ken, okay, he probably texted the wrong person. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I'm glad he texted the right person and that you And I did yes. say no, right, Ken? You did? You I did no. say no. And then I looked at Wagner and he was like, Oh, you got this. You're supposed to do this. And then I text, you know, I text Ken back. I'm like, you know what, Ken? I'll do it. I was surprised you texted back. I've learned the hard way over time that I don't push people to do it. So when you said no in the lobby, you said, well, that's too bad because I really liked you. You No, I don't don't know. Okay, well. And so when you text me back, I was like, oh, I didn't even have to twist her arm. (laughs) Now, (laughs) that's awesome. The only thing that could make this episode better would be just a real. One of Wagner's smooth, slick bass lines just to roll us out. You gotta meet Wagner, you guys. No, I love... No, that's it. He's awesome. gotta stop saying it. You gotta stop saying it. He's the guy. That's okay. No, that's all right. We're We're gonna think I'm like... We're mutual admiration society. That wife, you know. find one of Wagner's... yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna have to, to put at the end. Oh, I may yeah. have to. We just may have to drop by here one day and just drop a few down for me that I can use periodically here. I think that's, that's a great idea. Spice up our uh, our yeah. uh, intro yeah. and outro music. Well, mm. maybe, you know, Philip does. Philip uh, Burks wrote and produced our theme music for Speaking of Grace. Oh, that's awesome. And that's so cool. maybe we should have Wagner redo our song. I'll talk he, to him. I'm about sure it. he will do it. Trust me. All right, here we I'll go. make him do it. Will you? Put in a good word for us at least. <laughs> Put in a good word for us. It sounds like it's done to me. It's done. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, thank you for listening as always. Uh, we'll see you for The Chosen next week. So in the meantime, have a fantastic week. 